Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Inglorious Bars season two wrap up episode. Yay! Everybody is here. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm the game master for the group. To my left is Chris, who played the uh, odd, unusual, powerful Devin Page, the mystic. Like you call me Ud. <laughs> uh, and then Are you we making fun of him. I'm not sure. No, kind of. Uh, then we have uh, Christopher, who played Augie, the engineer slash healer. And we have. Was he not odd? <laughs> he was adorable. Can't use odd for everything. Yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, the handsome and robust Seth playing the handsome and robust Kolsch. <laughs> yes. And uh, then we have Jillian, who played the ambassador, Catherine. And last but not least, no, <laughs> no, yeah. no, just no handsome and robust. She's a lady. <laughs> the girl. Uh, last but not least is Tim, who played uh, the Epo, Epomini, uh, Epomini Vathis. I am here. And also played Albus 47P. I'm a prophet. <laughs> yeah. So this Bro. is this is just uh, us asking whatever questions we have about uh, the the game, the plot, each other, the characters, whatever you want, and then we also have a bunch of questions from people online. And we want to dive in first. I'll start with the with the softball. Okay. Uh, what was up with Marsh up in the transfer station? What was up with Marsh? Yeah. In the, uh, the, oh, the, the guy in the jumpsuit guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was just a drunkard uh, who got into a lot of trouble at a uh, eating establishment. Uh, Triton something Spence. or other. Yes. Speared. Uh, uh, something, Speared. Something like that. Uh, and they didn't like him. And they just beamed him up. The problem was they didn't know the Cassini didn't know that the the transfer station had its oxygen depleted. So they unwittingly killed the guy, mm. thinking they were just deporting him per usual. Mm. And so they they took it a little hard, but they had a smile on their face when you told them. So it was mm. kind of <laughs> kind of hard for them to say. So that's what happened with him. Okay. Uh, I've got a I got two questions from Dirk Smash. On the Inglorious Bards Discord. Dirk Smash. Dirk Smash. Uh, Dirk and let's hear you, Dirk. Smash. Dirk asks. Oh, are we? No, don't look at that. Dirk asks, uh, was Augie working on a new, and this is the uh, acronym, was Augie working on a new Albus voice interpreter user system? An AVS. <laughs> 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 like I was hoping he might. Was that uh, happening at that's all? That's awesome. Oh, uh, the funny thing is, um, uh, between uh, August and Epomini, uh, uh, or no, uh, 47P, uh, behind the scenes, so Tim and I talking just in private, uh, we were working on a system to develop different voices. Oh, and we had uh, I wanted to give him, you know, I was designing for him, but I wanted to give him the creativity, obviously, to choose the voice. But then we came across something which was interesting, where if it, there was a time we needed to impersonate another person, I could oh. give him his voice, their voice. And so in a manner of speaking, yes, there was a way of 
working the avius system in so i thought i thought that was pretty cool yeah uh, that is like what like i'm sure that we'll get to like regrets or whatever but i think what I'm is- <laughs> that'll be the second hour <laughs> i have so many regrets none of them about this show i'm gonna talk about them <laughs> it's like, it's like a post breakup conversation <laughs> Um, but like one of my biggest regrets is that we couldn't mess with Tim Moore and make yeah. him do all these crazy voices. Yeah. I was uh, really yeah. excited about it. Uh, I was halfway excited. Yeah, I think everybody <laughs> except for Tim was excited about it. It's a lot of stress to have you jump through oh, hoops yeah, on a voice a every other time. It's like, oh man. Uh, Dirk Smash, I hope I'm pronouncing that family name correctly, <laughs> also asks, after listening to the first couple episodes of season two, I started using Espergenesis with my D&D group. What changes did you make to the system that you felt made the most significant impact on the gameplay experience? Uh, I can say there were two, there weren't many changes because it is essentially like 99% D&D. A lot of the changes I made were just tweaks to share a lot of the quote unquote spells. So there were some that were a little more supporty and I gave them if they were magical-ish to Augie instead of the originally for, um, for Devin. And then both of those characters also had some more sociable supports. I moved those over to the ambassador and then I created this whole ambassador class with a hyper lanes combo uh, role-playing system. The changes I made though were primarily the, the ammo system. It has ammo in the game, but it's ridiculous. The light pistol has 15 shots in it. How many times is your battle going to last 15 times? No, no, no. The better question is how many times are your battles going to last 15 shots? Yeah, so I I reduced that down to six and still no one had to reload once. Uh, And I kind of wanted that reload tactical mechanic. You know, there's a whole bunch of guys over there, but I'm low on ammo. Okay, I'll I'll stay here and I'll reload one turn. Mm. Bo was close Close? when, when he was up against the rip. Claw uh, chief, okay. okay. that uh, just wouldn't die. Yes. So <laughs> why won't I die? <laughs> uh, I I changed that, and I think I changed even further. I, I changed down to six. I changed that down to four um, bullets. I think there's just too many. Finally, it, two. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing would be the feats would be the other thing I changed for the system. Uh, it has uh, the keen mind, uh, which I think might also be in D and D, and that's where you can permanently recall anything from the last few weeks equal to your intelligence modifier. And I just have to tell you as the DM, and I just think that's kind of weird and a weird cop out that you don't have to take notes really and just whatever. Uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. And the other one was the sniper, which is the sharpshooter from D and D. It's just, mm. it's in D and D it is way powerful. And especially when you're ignoring all cover on top of everything else it does. And in a sci-fi game <laughs> where cover is really important, you can just ignore it all. So I made the sniper not ignore all cover. I just plus one bonus against targets using cover. Other than that, I just ran everything as is. All right. What other questions do you guys have? I just wanted to quickly say you brought up cover. And I think this was the first time because in the uh, first probably four episodes when we got into our first serious combat, it was kind of lackadaisical use of cover. And then you found out just how deadly things were when you got nicked. And it's like, all right, that's uh. 15 points, our main hitter's down, and yeah. use cover, oh my god! <laughs> then everyone the next episode on, and I'll take some cover. Yeah, yeah so. no one's moving. Yeah, it seemed like, um, it felt like some of the combat was over-tuned. Like, <laughs> like, like, I felt like we were way more on the edge of every single combat than we were 
in season one. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I felt like so, like season one, a lot of the combats were difficult. You know, we had some hairy moments, but like in season two, I felt like we were always really? a, a, a tenth of a second away from absolute catastrophe. Well, I, I totally I, agree. I can't, yeah. I, at the end when was, we all died, except for Rocky, yeah, like, that moment. I was really, really sad to see Kolsch die, but I was also sort of just relieved. I was just like, oh, I'm not going to have every episode basically almost die and be worried about it. I I felt that there's two that were particularly deadly. One was the Rutledge confrontation near the end in his office, and that absolutely needed to be. Uh, that was a hornet's nest of trouble going into. The other one, though, was the Ganger Chief, which on our Patreon was voted the, the favorite battle <laughs> of everyone that voted on that one. Uh, and the challenge for that was, I just gave the dude too many hit points. Mm, so yeah, he just kept staying and yeah. kept staying. It's like, holy cow. So, but, and it just got too hilarious for me to let him go. So, um, but. Uh, you, you'd slip him an extra five and 10. Keep chasing points. August through the uh, duck work there. The That's funny. God. <laughs> I, I enjoyed him. I like riding things to, to the edge. I thought yeah. the Chadra battle was good, but I don't think that was too much overkill. No, Chadra was. Um, yeah, Chadra was good. Speak um, for yourselves. Worst one was definitely the security robot. That was definitely our worst combat. Was that? The you, one? No, you mean the customs yeah, bot. Yeah. Oh, that was the best one. <laughs> Biggest villain. But like when we Hated went into the um, the area with uh, all the 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 um, fellow like mystic type people underground. Yeah. Mm. Oh like, yeah, and, and like we, uh, yeah, like we had to run away, and then yeah, but yeah, that, we were exhausted. That, you guys yeah, were exhausted. That had nothing there. to do with balance. You guys were just you had right. no spells but ready. What would have happened if we'd waited a day? Same thing. Yeah, I mean, like, like, <laughs> like, 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 what did that? There would have been eleven episodes this season. Like that's what would have yeah. happened. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Shitting this clawing at windows and <laughs> wow, that's keeping me so up. So, what did cause <laughs> the implosion? Like, like, why did that incur? Yeah, let's not beat around the bush here. <laughs> <laughs> How come the dome disappeared? <laughs> yeah. How come the dome disappeared? The dome disappeared because those guys had control of it and they built their little base section around having total control of it. So the concept to me is, uh, you know, how did the season end? It certainly ended much sooner than we uh, had anticipated. Although, as you mentioned, it could have happened so many times earlier. Yeah. Uh, that ganger chief, I think, was generously saying maybe two combat rounds away from a total party oh, wife. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe one. <laughs> maybe one. Yeah. So it could have happened earlier. Uh, but, and I think there was another battle. I can't remember when. That, again, was like really starting to get bad. But uh, for this one, this whole situation, it wasn't to me a uh, even a moment in that last episode or a couple or even that episode. For me, it was uh, decisions leading up to that episode you guys made that were not bad decisions at all. There was just a branch of a path that starts going down a certain direction. And how I likened it is like if this was a wild west game from the old days and you guys went to a mining town that was surrounded by apache indians that wanted to wipe out everyone in the town and there's an evil miner and things go horribly wrong and you're like federal marshals and you you get kicked out of town with your tail between your legs 
You go back to DC, they say, go back in there. You now have authority and you go back in, not with the cavalry at your back, but with a piece of paper. <laughs> and you go all the way in the middle of nowhere to this town. And it's just like, you are going into a nightmare. This is really gonna be dangerous. So the danger, and I think I should have re-emphasized the physical danger um, at the start of, at the end of episode 10 or the start of episode 11, just reminding you there's still all these bugs. This is, even if you do really well inside, there's still a possible huge threat outside. And then things started to happen. Then you had the big battle, this big confrontation, which I thought was gonna take a lot of surreptitiousness, maybe some guerrilla warfare. You guys landed, didn't even unpack. You go marching right up to Relic and it's just like, boom, right. everything. And then we were gonna leave and then what? Augie was like, give me your computer. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> like, it's legal now. Right. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Had you have told me the security bot was in the room, I probably would have slowed my roll a little bit. Oh, that's what it was. Um, how, how did, uh, it's a weird, Question, but how did Rutledge get in the witch get off of Bayek 4? Uh, she teleported him to their uh, their place, their lab, which was underneath Warehouse H. And then she had an uh, ability to do that again even further, but could not send anyone but him for a long time. So he got to go away. Um, she did not. She, by the way, was waiting in the basement underneath the space dock. For you. Uh, <laughs> I wish I would have gotten to kill her. No, uh, so bad. So, so did Aki run into her at some point? Uh, I don't know, because we just kind of fast forwarded once everything kind of came to an end there. And I was like, oh, at that point, um, uh, yeah, we're done here. Dragging <laughs> that out. Yeah, I didn't want that to happen. But so I, I, I assumed she just got consumed. But going back to the other concept, it's like uh, you guys are now going, hey, we're going to go to uh, Warehouse H. After this huge battle with Rutledge, you guys are exhausted. And those those guys you first ran into were a, a, a below average encounter, certainly not a dangerous or deadly one, but you guys were just exhausted. Yeah. You're taking hits right off the bat and it's kind of a half of you let's go, half of you not. And then you kind of all went. I think it was a good decision. The problem is in my games, things keep going and these guys are now not only screwed and they can't easily leave but uh, you guys trapped them in there uh their leader's just gone and said that the jig is up and so they only have uh one big play left to go yeah, they jim jones that yeah <laughs> and their play is they're gonna detonate and they're going to collapse this dome and then you guys are screwed and you've got to get the hell out of there unless you can get back in there I and then you guys rested that night mm -hmm. And then you had like the continental breakfast and you chatted about different plans. Then you went to warehouse H and then you're starting, okay, let's do a, let's do an air thing. Let's do a water thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then let's bring in a water guy and he takes forever to come. And it's just, I'm just like, oh my God, they have like minutes to get in there to get to this final fast action pack, crazy climax. Can they stop for the dome? And I'm like, oh man, that time limit has just gone way by. It's like, get in there guys, get in there. And then you did and it's like, okay, there's this huge boom and we ended episode 11 and then the dome comes down and a couple of you were like, oh, okay. I'm like, no, 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 the dome is down. And then I remember in like the next 
week we had off, uh, I'm just texting you guys, man, I'm just really concerned, guys. This is really serious. I'm having trouble <laughs> uh, figuring this part out to stick with the danger and the situation and what should happen in my mind. Um, so in my thought process was when we start this episode, my goal is to make very clear the stakes. So in the intro, it was Augie looking out, seeing the domes gone, and I made sure three things were clear. One, Augie, you knew that a lot of people were gonna die. Two, more people would die if you guys didn't help. And three, and I've really stressed this, if you guys are not out on a shuttle, you're dead. And my thing was, are they gonna stay and protect? I don't think so, because in the, in the week in between, just private texting, Seth said, oh, I've got some ideas. They'll save us, but I don't know about the people. And <laughs> I, I was did like, have some ideas. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so they're probably going to go that route then. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not good for them as profits, but that could be interesting. Well, that I think it's just like one of those things that we've been, it felt like it was really drilled home that we're profits. We're yeah. the good guys. We save people. We save people. We save yeah. people. For and Albus, think, there was no question. Like there was, it was, it had become an identity and... You know, like there, it wasn't even likely we would survive if we got to a shuttle. Mm. So, like, what are you gonna do? Like, yeah. are you gonna like go out in a blaze of glory, or are you gonna go out with your tail between your legs? Like, you gotta, you gotta take your best shot. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, and I agree 100% with Jillian there that, like, you know, like it had been your profits. Mm. You're, you know, you're there to save people. You're there to help people. Like. You know, this is your job. Um, so when it's like we could leave, it's like that's not, not an option. That's not really not an option, really an yeah. option yeah. for us because we're profits. I had no idea. That's that's impressive to me because yeah. the background is you have Catherine, who's a former pirate. You have right. Kolsch, who's a former pirate but alongside now, her. But, but now we're to have profits. gone through an arc where they are now like uh, they. They they don't just want to be police. They don't want to say they're prophets. Will they commit? And my mind is, especially with that text of Seth saying, oh, we, I can maybe save us. I'm thinking, okay, do we do things where they have to keep this a secret of how they only got away from you know, the rest of the prophets? Do we have a trial situation? The campaign shifts over into their, their mercenary. I don't know what's going to happen. Or I don't know if they'll stand up. And then the moment happened and it was... The, the Council of Elrond scene where everyone's banging and banging and Frodo says, I'll take it. It was uh, a Catherine and she says, all right, everyone, let's go to the Anantana and save them. And I knew right there, wow, uh -huh. is this really going to happen? And then as we're driving and we're going, I'm pointing out as Albus is driving, you see all these roads passing you that you can see way down and you just see this sea of bugs coming. I'm emphasizing that. And I said, as you pull up, uh, you're heading left takes you to safety of the dock, Albus, but straight takes yeah. you into trouble. And he says, oh, no, no, Albus is a guardian. He's yeah, going yeah, forward. Yeah, that's when I knew, like, oh, we're, oh, we're done. I'm like, it's but happening. Wait, wait, then well, let me finish one more thing, one more thing. And then as you pull in and Albus charges right up, and I think there was some little liner discussion going on between Catherine and Kolsch. And I think Catherine went in and then Kolsch is about to, and I say, Kolsch, just you can see coming in a couple like 30 seconds by the time you go up into the elevator this whole thing will be filled with bugs if you go in there will be no way to get out and you didn't hesitate so oh yeah i'm going in after catherine and i was yeah, like wow hey, uh seth's idea but also kolsch uh both my ideas 
that I had that I had cooked up were 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 not to abandon everyone else, but it was they were both to get to the Vesper and bring the Vesper down mm. because then there's not only the shuttle, but like we can provide a bunch of cover fire. Like that has heavier weaponry than, you mm. know, plus get people off that way. Which is, that's why Devin chose to try to get to the Vesper. Well, there are actually two calculations there. Based off the roll, I had above a 50% chance of succeeding. So I was like, okay, like, you know, if I'd been below 50%, I'm just gonna fucking blow up, right? <laughs> um, but I was above 50%. I was at like 60 or 65% based off what my modifier was. And I'm like, if I can get into the Vesper, then I can actually, you know, provide more assistance and start, you know, kind of destroy some stuff. At the time, Devin didn't know that both Catherine and Kolsch were dead. That's true. So, and like Augie was still alive. So he was also thinking about kind of going through that whole process of getting Augie, trying to get to the antenna, you know, um, mm -hmm. gunning down as many bugs as he could on, on, on the way, which is why I chose the, you know, non-glorious death right. route, um, because I thought it would actually you know, maybe save mm -hmm. the party, but yeah, don't worry about Albus. <laughs> you didn't mention him at all. <laughs> Albus was already dead, right? But you didn't, you know, didn't know. There's still a cocooned voice chip somewhere. Yeah. You didn't know Albus. The chip still yeah. can speak. <laughs> you were a late addition. I'm in here. <laughs> did uh, did uh, the Vesper survive? Uh, the Vesper survived. Yes. It's nice. a relic on this. Planet. That was my yeah, number one just... most important question. Ah! The Vesper survived. It's it's a high so, now. So I yeah. was not excited about the possibility of, of ending the campaign, and I'm a fan of these characters, but at the same time that you guys stuck to it and went down in the glory, I was I was proud of these characters. I, I and again, just look back, and I keep using Catherine as the reference. She was fighting with Valencia, saying, "If you're going to get rid of Epo, this is not for me." And uh, and to go from that to certain death, and yes, we're prophets. We pretend. I was like, that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Should have we done a different mission? <laughs> <laughs> a lower low. Can we grind a little yeah. bit? <laughs> Maybe a side mission or something first. Maybe go see how the just need to get moves. to level six. <laughs> if if Devin would have hit that roll and survived. Potentially survive. Oh, don't do this to yourself. <laughs> would uh, <laughs> would we have still ended the campaign? I don't know, because then we would have had, a, I think, a pretty strong core then yeah. still of Devin and Augie. <laughs> and uh, just us watching them as they play. <laughs> 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 the other three of you are just sitting there. A cold the stare as we just, just look back across a sea of black to you and just... No. Sorry. <laughs> uh, tied to this, I have Frank in Arizona who asks... Uh, what would have happened if they would have gone to another planet to battle the spider creature? I want to know what that pink Chadra was. Well, yeah. Pink Chadra <laughs> was Chadra reborn. Oh. Uh, so Chadra's reborn. It does not have its memory, so it wouldn't know you as its killers or anything, but would still have its drive and its purpose, but it's reborn back in its spot again. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And what was that planet all about? Um, like, like. Or Asia? Yeah. What was, like, 
like yeah yeah no, very nice talk talk to me about borasia borasia <laughs> well um to go <laughs> here and here's my challenge i'm gonna say this to seth because like all of your questions i can't answer seth because because <laughs> yeah, there's uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna share some information but there's so much stuff and content that we didn't get to explore in this campaign like i don't want to burn at all right uh but i will say this there was essentially a, a, a race, if you will, to acquire X for some unknown reason. And maybe there's a couple X's out there, this MacGuffin type thing. And multiple groups from different walks of life, from different existences are becoming aware of this at the same time. And they all want to get their hands on some X. And the... The <laughs> big bag is this drug. <laughs> <laughs> So the Legion, a special sect of the Legion, they needed to get a stone that was charged with special light and see if they could pull that off so they could start their journey to going down that. There were a bunch of uh, old people on a ruined Borasian planet that um, were... Uh, had information that Chadra could access, was supposed to protect, and Chadra's really, really old. Almost like a vampire can come back unless you put the stake through its heart type of a concept. Um, and some other group that you never even met yet were able to take control over Chadra and have it start looking for X. And then there was a, th I think there were two other groups. Another one you met in our last episodes that was the Warriors in White. Mm. Um, those guys, remember those from oh, yeah, episode yeah, yeah. CD of the lost episodes? Those guys were also looking for X. So it was a whole bunch of no one knowing that other people are, are after this. And you guys not even aware what the game was yet at this point. Mm. So, Interesting. so, and that would have been one route. The Beresia would have, might have given you some, some hints of what it could be. Chadra, I don't know if you could have, I don't know what would have gone on there either, but that was another route, and I was totally ready for you guys to go there too. And of course, Rutledge was looking for X. Uh, Rutledge was not. Rutledge was not, uh, he was not aware of that. Rutledge was uh, my favorite NPC villain for a long time. I really loved playing him just because he kept winning in non-combat ways. I really dug that, uh, and I dug when you guys got him uh, too. <laughs> And then, uh, but his thing was, he became an archetypical, silly, wacky, they'll see how powerful I am because he got corrupted by his own blue glow. Mm -hmm. So he was just all, the whole blue glow was- Jillian wasn't having any of that no, shit. No, no, no. <laughs> that was a douche. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, wait, did we answer this question, by the way? What's it? That question that you just asked. I just yelled about Big Chandra, and that was all that really happened. Uh, what would have happened if they would have gone to the other planet? It, oh, it, right, it would have been a whole... Was uh, that well, a lower level? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it would have been a the whole different over. thing. <laughs> I'm still Let curious. It go. I'm curious. I have a question for Tim. Tim. Wait, did, did we finish his question, though? It was one of several missions okay. you guys you guys could have gone. I, okay. I was ready for that. I was ready for the the rip claw refueling situation. Yeah. That I have a really fun deserty situation set up for that. I was excited about. We totally left the whole Epo's friend left in a safe house. He still had some not mystery. Uh, not Epo. I'm sorry, Augie's friend. Yeah, that's my last one for this season. <laughs> um, uh, so that guy. There, so there's a couple different. Um, things going on and then I have a few more I want to talk about later too but uh, so in other words we could have gone to another la location oh, yeah. and then we would have seen this planet just go black and then oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Solor would have just imploded and then 
it would have been more of a Fashan situation. Yeah, we screwed that. over Salor. Yeah, so I had Fashan set up. Fashan was a war zone situation because this whole other alien race we ever got to, the swarm were coming in because mm-hmm. that was his big test. Mm-hmm. If this works on these creatures, let's scale up this blue glow test and let's put it at this planet that just happens to have the second largest mining conglomeration in mm-hmm. the universe. We'll put it on this planet, and now all the swarm are going to Fashan. So there's a huge naval thing with Nova Alliance trying to hold off the swarm. So I had all I had all sorts of stuff for you guys to get more information. And then Rutledge's last step was, okay, if that works, let's do it for real. Hey, Nova Alliance is now mine. I have control over any violent thing. Yeah, um, we stopped a really hole big gets bad deeper. thing happening. By dying. Yeah, but there are like twelve hundred other big bad things. We stopped one. 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 (laughs) It's a big universe. That's right. Yes. Lots of big bad things. So Tim, why did you leave Epo? Hmm. Uh, It boils down to Epo. Epo is just finding himself as a character in the last two or three episodes before. (laughs) the big mishap. <laughs> um, and I was really liking his, like, Oops, you know, like his, <laughs> yeah. multiple times. I was, I was really liking his snarkiness and mm-hmm. his just, uh, indifference and his cluelessness. And, um, I could not figure out a way to remediate that yeah. without totally affecting his character. Totally. So, uh, I just, Decided it would be easier just to start fresh. It was interesting because Catherine was like, this guy is a problem and I have no idea what to do with him. So when you like removed it, it made like that much easier. But it would have been interesting to see like how that would have come to a head eventually. Yeah, I thought hard about it. Like, because I liked Evo a lot, but I felt like it, he would change too much as a, yeah, as a person. Totally. Yeah. Um, I got a, a few people that asked, that gave me questions to ask, and one of them from Matt W uh, was, uh, did you have any regrets over Epo? Like, any regrets over choices you made? Um, I feel like that's a very pointed question. <laughs> like the point of a dagger? I regret, I regret rolling so well. <laughs> Why couldn't it have been a flesh wound? <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I mean, Epo definitely thought this guy was, was a you danger. You regretted not, Devonine. What's that? You regretted not, Devonine. Yeah. Chris yeah. <laughs> will be so time. happy when that goes <laughs> I mean, Epo just wanted to, like... Season three can't happen this, soon enough. Silence this warehouse guy, because he knew he was going to bring in some big guns and, and that it would snowball, so he just did it too well. And then the rest of you guys are like, what just happened? Yeah. I feel like I feel like I was kind of the lone man out there. Oh, you've, <laughs> you violated the first tenant of being a prophet. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's no sort of how no stabby stab. Yes, sort of how El- Elmon felt in season one. Sometimes yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, uh, Eric in Texas on along this uh, says uh, having Epo get busted down was tough to deal with. From Tim's perspective, what was Epo's future going forward? What what happened when he left? Um, that's a great question. Um, I don't think he, he, he didn't ever go back to where he came from, uh, for sure. Uh, he, probably the, the mercenary route, 
Okay. Uh, you became a button man for the prophets. Yeah. 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 Just <laughs> that was cool. Kind of like that last awesome. episode wrapped up. I, that's yeah. what Epo would have done. Hmm? I see. I see that happening. A lot of buffers. <laughs> uh, Eric, and jump in if you have anything. Eric uh, in Texas also asks: uh, Albus forty-seven P was comedy gold. Becoming a man was a priceless moment for Alvis. <laughs> which voice did which voice did Tim like most or least in portraying Albus? I liked Albus's original voice the most. Uh, I regret. I kind of regretted. This is not a uh, not a uh, not a uh, Epomeni regret, but a, but a Albus regret was changing his voice to begin with. Um, I liked that voice the most. The that voice, was so funny, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was and in such an awkward way. Oh. The voice I liked the least was probably Jim Jim. <laughs> you did it so well, though. It's so hilarious because you didn't know any context about who Jim Jim Not was. Not at all. So yeah. I just had like to like come up with something. Yeah. And it was like, it's a kid's entertainment. <laughs> yeah, clown. I had no clue who Jim Jim was. We did this uh, uh, news, the Nova News thing, and this little article about Jim Jim the Magic. Magic blob, beloved blob, who was who died, uh, and Tim was out of the room uh, for like two hours because he was not there. Yipo was yeah, gone. I, I was not even. And then he comes in, and like an episode or two later, we give him the gym, and Tim has no idea, so he just makes something up, and suddenly he's this chain-smoking Krusty the Clown's <laughs> voice. I loved how many beloved by children everywhere. Hey kids, <laughs> time to sit down and rub my feet. Yeah, face churros. Face rub my blob right here. <laughs> Tom, how, be like, what is happening? Uh, how many Nova News Alliance uh, blurbs? Oh my did God, you was I so yes, disappointed. You, you, you only up. did once where I didn't give it to you. And then two episodes later, I think Tim said, I'm going to check Nova News. And I gave it to you. And I had him ready to go and ready to go. And I've got a little note here because I was going to bring this up. <laughs> uh, oh, oh I'm, I was hurt. <laughs> I love the Nova News. And, and season three, there's going to be a Nova News blur. Uh, yeah. Like when it doesn't even make sense. Um, let's see. Just from season two. You're in the middle of a fight. It's like Nova News says. And you're like, wait. Uh, there was going to be a mission to protect. This is tying into Nova News. You were going to be given a mission by the prophets to protect a close ally of the president, who you all report to, of the Nova Alliance. He needs a friend protected uh, from kidnapping. Uh, it's a woman and a long-term ally of the president's who would be met with her own security detail, but you would have to keep an eye on her, be with her while she goes to all these different public appearances. She was going to be difficult to handle because her name was Queen Baby, the team pop star from the Nova News. Uh, mm. My God, that's my next character. Yeah. <laughs> so so I planted that like 12 episodes in advance kind of a thing to, to call back on that one. Oh, man. I love Jim Jim the Magic Blob. The, and the next news item uh, was going to be about uh, the DNAC trade worlds. If anyone sees our map on the Patreon, there's a section called DNAC trade worlds. They're run by the cartels. And there was going to be a reason for you guys to go there and start busting up and causing trouble for a really powerful cartel that Catherine had a, an intimate connection with that messed with her family. So I was really looking forward to that. And the news article was going to mention my name, and I wanted her to just that light bulb to go off and her to go, we got to go there. <laughs> uh, and then the, there was an, and actually the very next news item was going to be about the solar array and how the brave prophet saved it. I wanted to incorporate mm. you guys into the news as well. Nice. Yeah, I really wanted that. I wanted you guys checking that every day. I was so excited. Um. Wait, hold on, hold on. Can we do one last Nova news? 
Sure. I've got this. one. And then, and then. I've got one. News stories. Would you like to know more? <laughs> in other news, Drake Industrial Liquid and Hazardous Biocontainment has recalled their line of Happy Surprise Time Breakfast Cereal. A substantial amount of unclassified meat filler with a mutagen count far above the legal limit has been found across numerous samples of this children's breakfast. Parents are encouraged to return any unopened breakfast pucks, and if unusual behavior is detected in children, call their local police immediately <laughs> and do not make direct eye contact with their child. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. Do not taunt them. <laughs> Don't water them. <laughs> Don't feed them after midnight. Uh, I have a question for the group. Uh, how did we feel about switching systems and did it change your character? So if, if any of you don't know, uh, we started out using the Starfinder role-playing system. Uh, I went on a big rant on that on our, there's a Patreon audio where I just go on and on and on oh, no. about all the challenges <laughs> with it. Uh, it was- Take away my question. I understand. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a good system for a lot of people. It just did not work for me, but we were four episodes in. <laughs> When I asked everyone, hey, can we switch? Because I think this isn't going to work, especially over the long term for what I, the kind of stories I want to tell. And thankfully, everyone was very accommodating and we changed things. So that's why we have four episodes that were never released, though they're on, uh, two of them currently are on Patreon. They're the lost episodes, A, B, C, D. And then we started anew with like a new, 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 new dimension, if you will, a new copy of the universe with uh, the Esper Genesis system. And that was episode one. So if you're ever wondering why there was a really good connection and teamwork, because they had four episodes before you even heard them on episode one. So your question one more time was? Uh, how did we feel about the switch and did it change your characters at all? I have some input on that. Oh. <laughs> so I enjoyed the switch um, and it dra drastically affected my character mm -hmm. because uh, like my character was originally a healer yeah. type, mm -hmm. um, which I was really excited about. Um, but then that got ruined. Wow. <laughs> but I was excited I was about the change. with this DPS character that I didn't know what to do with. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I mean, like, I, I, I definitely liked the healer concept from, from the previous system. But then, um, at, I, I think level three, when I actually got. Enough, All the psionic points. Yeah. And I got some more psionic points. I was really getting into my character and then like total party wiped happened <laughs> and, um, very shortly afterwards. So. Augie, you, I think, had the biggest change because mm -hmm. you went from a pet class in Starfinder. You had this drone that would walk yeah. around. <laughs> to being a pet. <laughs> to being a, you were still a quote unquote engineer, but the engineer is a 100% cleric healer. How was that transformation for you? It was, it was interesting. Felt, uh felt um liberating and overpowering and overwhelming at the same time because uh it was great having the the whole pet class concept and that guy was like focused engineer and then somehow i don't know why you all let me do this <laughs> i was both engineer and doctor <laughs> yeah so well, that's kind of like it was the only I know, but it was it was it was just weird. And honestly, the first time that it ever happened, that kind of dual classing, if you will, because mm -hmm. you know you all had combat covered and everything covered on that end, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Without Catherine, you know, covering my ass half the time, I would be like, "There's no way I could like fill up, you know, uh, Kolsch's <laughs> health or you know take care of all." Devin wasn't really a problem. <laughs> 
<laughs> just keep them above zero. Just above zero is fine. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that part was it was it was tough losing a pet because I love the whole concept, but mm. I, I think uh, the switch to the that classing and the unintentional dual classing really had a lot of fun options to it. So I was cool with it. <laughs> uh, the only other thing, if I can add in real quick, was uh, the the changeover from the last system on a logistics level going from space to space, you know, really measuring out the distance to the more abstract Oh, how distance. We do, how we do yeah, combat. how we do travel and combat and all that. That was huge. That was massive, especially doing podcasting and stuff like that. And that was... Yeah. In, in what... Uh, a good way, bad way? Just in a different? huge good way. Oh, okay. Huge good way because you were measuring out in silence, maybe not always, but to visualize I'm taking three spaces to go towards Kolsch and then do my thing, but counting it out, looking at the screen. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, I just think the other system worked way better. Yeah, we, we did. Anya's for the change. Battle maps for and this season, I think episodes one through nine, I put together simple battle maps with the spaces. And it was fun. It was tactical. But for the podcast, as opposed to just a normal game, and it get really slow. Mm-hmm. I want to move here. No, no, no. No, next to, no. Back up one. Yeah. No, next to, mm-hmm. yeah, that one. And it was just <laughs> happening over and over. And then what's the range on that? And we're counting and we're counting. It was just taking too long. So we just went to more abstract and it seemed to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah, beautiful. I, yeah, I enjoyed that right. the secondary battle system that, that, that we moved to. I think it was a lot, a lot quicker. It flowed better. Um, just had a better feel to it. All, all just all. relative. Where are you relative to the other yeah. guys? Do you have something else, Jillian? Uh, oh. <laughs> I sure do, Tim. Um, I have a couple questions from our favorite listener from Buffalo, Buffalo MJ. Um, we talked a little bit about what made us decide to end the campaign here instead of have the team create a new profit and continue the story. I think you mentioned having like the backbone of a team versus just one person. Um, but is there, this is a question I have as well. Thank you, MJ. Um, is there anything you are particularly bummed you didn't get to do? And are there any for us, um, either for GMs or for us, and then in general, um, for the players, what story threads do you wish you were able to pull? Wait, wait, what was the last part? Were there any, what story threads do you wish you were mm. able to pull? <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'll jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Did did you want to go? Okay. Uh, no, I had a I had a huge uh, fun concept arc thing, which was this great uh, character connection with Devin, mm-hmm. which I was looking to explore, and the cartel, which we didn't get around to, and the trade system planet. So that whole yeah. thing. So the whole thing behind August's backstory was that his race is pretty much enslaved almost all the time. They're wicked smart, but they're you know just constantly, you know, taken into captivity and whatnot, just dominated by the cartel, who Devin had come in at some point in in his life uh, and saved a huge portion of not only his family, but just, you know, the race in general from these planets and wanted to exact some crazy-ass revenge over there and and, and do that kind of fun concept. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to exploring that uh, with Devin because that would have been a great Mm, cool. Yeah, like we, those emotional uh, connections. Yeah. Play that out. I was definitely in when we had talked about it. 
Um, it's another, you know, that's definitely a thing that I was interested in and in, in connecting with as well. Um, you know, as far as threads go, I forget. I, I think Devin really wanted to go to that other planet where yeah, where the Shadra was. Yeah. But he sort of like like didn't want to push too hard. And when everybody else wanted to go, the you other. guys voted and Dude. which way to go. And that was a level three system too. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a level 12. <laughs> Not a level, it, whatever the hell we were at, yeah. I have a bunch of content I wanted to yeah. explore because there's a lot that I put out that was ready to go. Uh, the Legion I mentioned, the Legion had on our map is a huge section of space. Yeah. Uh, broad stroke wise, they're like our Klingons and there were different sects and one sect you were in, interacted with. I was ready for a lot more of that. I wanted to go back and see and have see what would happen more with the Alliance Science Corps, because mm. that building, that group, were allies with the Prophets, but man, they were overly heavily security, mm -hmm. very kind of standoffish. I wanted to see how they could help you. Could they maybe be bad guys? I was really interested in those guys. Uh, I wanted to go to Fashan and see if you guys could deal with the swarm that Relich's plan dealt with. Yeah, I wanted to go to Fashan. Mm -hmm. There's a big section on the map called the Breach on the far side of the galaxy. Um, yeah, that was interesting. There were two cool upgrade items, magic items, if you will, uh, at the bottom of Warehouse H in the laboratory you guys never had a chance to get to. Damn it! Yep. <laughs> what were they? One, one was, was a bomb. One was... <laughs> <laughs> one was a healing device that I think was a couple times, maybe two or once or twice per day or something. Um, when you used it and you healed someone five or more hit points, you would then heal them five more hit points. Ooh. And on the last charge of the day, it would also reback to you for five hit points. Uh. So that's a big healing item. And the other one was a mystical psionic item that when you failed, when someone resisted uh, with a saving throw, one of your uh, Esper abilities, you would get back two psionic points, uh -huh. I think twice uh -huh. per day or once that per day. Me, right? No, it was for, for <laughs> Devin, but to help re recuperate some of the loss, that'd be pretty cool. Also, everyone had two contacts yeah. that I handed uh, out late yes. in the game. That's the mm. question I wanted to ask like um, 10 minutes ago. So <laughs> the, everyone had two contacts just to give you guys people to reach out to, to help or what have you. And the ones that uh, I was, uh, really, really, I, I liked them all, but I was really excited was Devin had a reporter lady friend who was a little clingy and a little too much didn't, interested in Devin. I wanted to see that and that squirminess because I know Devin <laughs> wouldn't like that. And then the other was similarly. You always throw that like romance <laughs> shit at me. I love it. And then Catherine had uh, a space pirate bad boy uh -oh. former boyfriend who was really, really bad for her that she could not resist. <laughs> And I want, and Kolsch yeah, knows Kolsch this. wants to meet that guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was so wanted Real that to happen. Bad. I wanted to create that division between the two of you uh, and then see what my, oh, I so wanted that badly. Um, <laughs> continuing on with the missed content, uh, this is really personal to me. There was a timed event coming. Uh, Cause again, when I do these games, there's big things that are going on. So if you go to one plan or one adventure, other things are happening. One was, a chief situation on the Valna homeworld was starting to get Kolsha's father and family kicked out of the tribe. Mm. So you were going to need to be recalled and you were going to bring your friends back and yeah. have a home turf situation to contend with. Coming back not as the rejected boy, but now as a prophet. Yeah. I was very interested in that. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I know. Um, and then finally, there were in the engineering room, two different levers that were never pulled. <gasps> 
Oh God. Do you remember the two levers? Mm-hmm. One was labeled motion tracking defense. Yes. And the other had, had three initials or something. R I V A. Riva, that's right. Uh, the motion tracking defense, if you pulled that, it would immediately identify whoever pulled it down as safety, and anyone else who entered engineering would be mowed down by miniguns. <laughs> wow. That would have been great. Yeah. Hey, guys, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And uh, RIVA standed for Railed, Railed Independent Vessel Assistant, and a track running throughout the entire ship in the ceiling would have a little robot a la Portal 2 cool. that would run around and could assist you and could mm. m- lightly try and give you some minor guidance uh, from the Serilon sphere because it has a little bit more of a connection to the ship and could be able to fly the ship. Uh, <laughs> that brings me to a question. <laughs> pull, pull. Wait, I can't just say default pull all levers because that would just be trouble. With yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what was his connection with Devin? Uh, its connection was, it had no connection necessarily with Devin. It had, a, con- had a connection <laughs> with whoever, um, it's like a bird type birth, like whoever first sees it. So when it came out of the box, um, uh, your captain realized if one of you guys is going to be involved, let's have it be the mystic and it would imprint, yeah, have an imprint on you. And the whole concept behind it was kind of to be like the, the soul of the TARDIS, mm. um, from Doctor Who, so that it's not flying the ship. It doesn't care about you. It's, it, it doesn't talk to you. It's not a computer, but yet maybe just maybe if things are going horribly wrong, it might nudge something in the right direction. Or if you have a terrible navigational incident, it might put you to a mission you have no reason to ever go towards. Mm. That was the intent behind it. And right at the end, I believe, Seth, you passed over to Chris a message of yeah. see if you can bring the Serilon yeah. Sphere. And I'm like, that's exactly what this is designed for. This mm. is perfect. This might save Devin, but it didn't work out. Nope. We should have done that first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really banking though on uh, the Crustini sending, uh, like, just going over there and cussing up just, a storm and oh. getting yeah, sent yeah, up. Yeah, that, uh, uh, that was a good attempt. But, yeah. You know. Tim, what was yours? You said a contact question. You've been waiting. I was. My question was, what those con- oh, okay. what were those contacts? Yeah, about? I was really interested. We didn't in really. My, yeah. My. Uh, we met one of mine girl. immediately. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sweet. Yeah, and all this, all this one. It was really to give you guys, to give me some little ways to get plot stuff in, but then also just for you guys to, you're not just completely alone in the universe. You can go call your reporter person and get some details, or call mm-hmm. your security guy and get some some information. What other questions do you guys have? I still I have, have a, one from uh, one of our Facebook friends, Chris B. He says, hey, so my question for the podcast is, what was the inspiration for switching to the futuristic space, I think, campaign, as opposed to sticking with D&D? Uh, for me, it was just to change things up. We had done D&D. Um, we do lots of campaigns, lots of different things. Just in the last few years, it was, we did a little bit of D&D. Then we did, actually did Doctor Who for a couple episodes. Then we did a sci-fi campaign with the Cypher system for like seven months. Then we did uh, an underwater Lost-like game that was really cool. Then we did the podcast with, and this is just in the last few years, let alone all the games for decades before that, but uh, we'd done a lot of different systems. So 
we did D&D. We did it for a long time, and I just thought something different in a Switch uh, and looked at different uh, role-playing systems. I thought, let's try sci-fi, because you can go anywhere. You can go to any planet. Anything can happen. And that's one of my regrets, as uh, we just ended up with Salor Heavy. Uh, that that place of Salor, of all the other places we could have gone, all different yeah. worlds and quote unquote, you know, sci-fi magical places to go visit, like an underwater world and a world of all crystals and all that kind of cool stuff. We just didn't get that chance yet. So. I felt like we were kind of guided towards Salor through like kind of the prophet stuff happening that like it, it sort of felt like we should be mm. going there. I know, but then you guys went back again. It's nothing again. It's nothing wrong. Well, no, and it like when we went back, it oh, felt really? like we were like because like you because um, it was the Valencia and the um, lawyer guy, and like they're like, oh, we have this like master plan to make this work, and then like we had the right contact to make it work, and you know, like, and I know we discussed it. And we're like, do we really want to go back? Because we think we're gonna get our asses kicked. But like it seems like like all the stars are aligning to point us mm -hmm. in this direction. Well, you should never trust Tom. And TT. Why don't we listen to ourselves? That's what you say. Yeah, I was ready for a lot of different routes for you guys to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I was wondering. It's more of a positive. Did everybody have like a couple of favorite moments? Oh, for sure. My favorite moment by far was uh, August, is, uh, his striptease. Oh, you slept. Oh, oh my, favorite, my gosh. My the dance of the yes. seven veils. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that was, that was it was that unexpected. That interaction was fun. Oh, my like, God. Uh, Ipa doing magic tricks, a bag of drugs, <laughs> Catherine just sneaking away. I know. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, in the normal situation with a bunch of weird Mohawk gang guys, and they probably haven't seen a woman in a long time. And here's Catherine, she's engaging with them and here's gonna be some dancing. And she points to the rodents yeah. <laughs> with multiple nipples. It was just fantastic. This is the worst part about improv. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and okay. <laughs> I will certainly dance for you and I will get wet doing it. It yes. was the best, the best oh, use of, use of that item. Oh, yes. This is why you got that. Totally what I had in mind. Hurt. Oh my God, I was dying. I liked and one of my favorites was that same episode, but at the beginning of the school assembly. <laughs> oh, oh, it just starts <laughs> ratcheting up and uncomfortable and more and more. And then you end up arresting the child, Epo, and then more and more. And then the 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 the, the curtain goes up and then Augie's watching Nevi porn on this 3D thing with Timmy up. Oh, it was so good. Nevi porn. Oh. Uh. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, one of my, I mean, th those are great moments. One of my favorite was coming in in mid episode and. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Seeing our faces when you spoke. As Alvis. And, and yeah. yeah. Is introducing Alvis. <laughs> Described as, you know, soulless eyes and dark and huge and menacing. And then your first line right after that. Oh, oh my God. They were three. <laughs> <laughs> I have no soul. Yeah. <laughs> he let it burn. <laughs> yeah, everyone was stunned. That was fun. That was great. Mm, that was I think good. when I got a, on a good roll of wicked insults, 
Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then when they didn't work out, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you took the whole, you took that concept to a new level for me. Yeah. I mean, it's not just I use, you know, whatever discouraging word, whatever you had. I know. <laughs> there were some beautiful moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're really good at that. Yeah. Like everyone in the fight, the good guys and bad guys would all stop and turn to uh, Catherine and just like, go, oh. dude. <laughs> 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 Immediately, I want I want your stuff to be like area effect. It's not one. Yeah, right. Everyone, friend or foe. I'm no. I need to call mom. <laughs> Jimmy leans over to Bob and is like, like like helping each other. They're pretty like, much, yeah. She's so mean. Yeah. It's like, was his mom really like that? <laughs> How does she know? I have two favorite moments, and the first one is very visual. And it is, we have just come out of space. I think we might have tried our our drive for the first time kind of thing. This was us uh, chasing or trying to find uh, someone in particular, but we end up finding the world ship. We were, yeah, we were sent there yeah, because we were, of some yeah, we distress were, yeah. signal. Or trying yeah. to find this group. Trying to find this thing. So this thing's clad in some sort of, you know, visual perception filter kind of thing. And then we come out and so we've got the benefit of a television screen and there's this big picture of this giant ship and I'm trying to visualize out of the blackness with nebula and all this kind of thing around it, this beautiful massive construct just appearing out of nowhere, just set the tone just perfectly, Mm -hmm. really giddy on the inside for, that was like a whole world, it's a world ship, but a whole <laughs> world of adventuring could be done in this thing. So I was really giddy about that. And the other was uh, inside the ship itself. First big dramatic moment for me, Catherine disappears into this pit where creatures are already swarming oh, around and whatnot. Oh, and yeah. I'm thinking we've lost our first player already done. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap. Because, yeah. you know, Tom doesn't screw around when it comes to some of these uh, moments. And it was just a series of bad rolls. Totally. wasn't bad decisions. Epo was right behind you, too. Oh. Yeah, Epo jumped right back down yeah. behind her. Yeah. yeah. And it, you, I mean, literally, we had just started. That was really <laughs> it was like, yeah. Yeah, okay. And if it had been anyone else captured, it probably would have been much, much worse because yeah. you talked your way mm. out of that. And that was actually yeah. one of my favorite moments, just listening to it, where um, you know, she does her persuasion role, gets a natural 20, and like, and like the guy's getting ready to like stab her in the leg and is like, shit, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, Tom, yeah. my response. Yeah. I'm like, oh. I was like, disappointed he couldn't do it. <laughs> it was like, ah. Like, what do I do now? And like, totally had to like, like, like change the game plan because of, of the phenomenal role. Um, and then like feeling that hope there of like, from going from like, oh man, like, like, like we're going to have to listen to her get tortured and die here to like, oh yeah, she might get out yet. Um, that was definitely a, 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 a great moment of just, you know, non-participatory, uh, role playing that I, that, that I got to hear. Um, it was, it was really cool. Uh, Eric in Texas says... Uh, I consistently felt like if the group let Catherine take the lead on diplomatic issues, they stood a higher chance of success and less bloodshed. Mm-hmm. 
That's not a question, though. Uh, he also asks Eric from Texas for a brief time. Why you do that. <laughs> he asked for a brief time. Catherine started kicking tail with a bigger gun. Why does she have to give that one up? Because oh we told like, hilariously, it wasn't much better than my other gun. I just roll oh. way better with that gun. Kind of was better mechanically. Oh, yeah. Like, but only like a little, but it was just like, I just rolled way better. You is Kosha's, is Kosha's gun, that's I why. Know, but you I weren't strong it. enough to use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's uh, uh, also Eric from Texas. Catherine and Kosh were... Well, let's answer that yeah. question. Oh, I thought you did. Me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Me mechanically, she didn't have the strength to use it. Right? Yeah, mechanically, it required like a strength of 13 or something, or you take huge, heavy recoil penalties. And that was found oh, after, after she After the had, fact. Yeah, yeah. We, we recommend that. And I was like, oh, oh that's why it does so much damage. <laughs> toy disintegrated. Um, too bad. Uh, Eric asks, uh, Catherine and Kosh were well-played and very believable. Their demise together, while appropriate, was heartbreaking. Kolsch, if you had to do it over again, and knowing that a fall from the window would cause you to get eaten by the bugs. Oh, I knew I was dead, for would sure. You, would you take a different tack? No. I mean, my first instinct was like, I would have opened the window first. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, the window really hurts. <laughs> In that episode, when it was uh, Albus and Catherine and Kolsch all together, and uh, we were given the choice to either turn left or turn right, and Albus just didn't even ask us. He's just like, we're going straight. We're doing this. Like, I knew we were fucked. I'm like, oh, we're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I, you know, uh, how it worked out is how it worked out. Um... I had like I didn't really have any of the only other idea I had that was went out the window real quick was like to plug her in the head and then plug myself in the head. But I oh. figure like Ooh. jumping out the window like a four story drop, we were dead and yeah. I didn't know there was a thousand. I mean there was a thousand bugs around. I didn't know they were all right there. But yeah, there's no just waiting in line with lobster right. bibs on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured that better than better that than than just like waiting them. Waiting for them to like, yeah. come in and like, devour you. Yeah. My worst fear, someone mentioned during our break, by the way, they said, uh, I want to go into the mine and like hold up or something like that. Oh, that was. Uh, that was you? That was and August. I'm like, oh, that is going to be just a terrible way to go. Well, you should have said, okay, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then and you didn't go that route. But I was like, well, oh. No, no, no. I, I, it, not that I didn't go that route. It's when I tried to, I critically failed an attempt to oh, yeah, map yeah. that. And you said all the data's lost. And I'm like, well, now what am I going <laughs> to um, Eric from Texas asks, can someone please get Devin a new set of dice? <laughs> well, the offer was made plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, shit. Oh. Uh, Eric from Texas asks... Uh, How valuable would Rill from season one and his blue mist have been this season? Oh, oh, yeah. A thousand oh, times? Yeah we've, <laughs> yeah, we've had this discussion. No, it was actually determined a good route because we do... Uh, I think I, I didn't have the option because we had discussed it, which is what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, that the better part of the adventure was to explore the true negatives. <laughs> you know, the critical fails and whatnot would open doors instead of everything... Oh, we shut a lot of doors with those, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, but we opened still. a couple too. Uh. <laughs> but uh, exploring the uh, the the critical fails for what they were, they weren't necessarily. I know this is a wrap up episode. They weren't game ending, <laughs> but some of them were to you know open up other avenues, exploring characters and different things like that. So, 
Blue mist would have been nice. Uh, <laughs> Eric from Texas asks. <laughs> this is a different Eric. <laughs> uh, Tom, is there any particular set of rules you recommend for newbies? Uh, I would recommend D&D 5th edition for sure. It's a great system to get started in. Uh, if you just want to try it out, get the D&D starter set. It comes with pre-generated characters and essential rules. Then if you like that, get the DM's Guide, Player's Handbook, Monster Manual. Start doing those adventures, then add other books as needed. Um, it's just a simple, fun system to, to get going with. Um, I have one here for Eric, for Eric from Texas. <laughs> He asks, you, you, you can yes, change the name <laughs> <laughs> from Erica from Texas. Eric. He asked the group, who was your favorite NPC? Oh. Can I say the, the yellow glow? <laughs> <laughs> the yellow glow ball with the K on it? Um, yeah. that's, a great, that's a good question. Oh, I know mine. Who's your favorite? Is the a girl that took <clears throat> Albus's? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Snoo Snoo girl. Yes, by Snoo Snoo. Um, I like it's funny because it wasn't even much of an NPC, but when Catherine went and like on a whim just went and like talked to some of the other prophets, and it, you were like, "Oh, that guy's name is Outen," <laughs> and I was like, "Great!" And then you kept it going. Oh yeah. And then when he like was at the party and was like giving like a re recount of what happened, and like every time he showed up, it was always like, "Oh, there!" <laughs> it was like a nice just like way to keep continuity, and like I kept in my head being like. How is he still alive? Like, how did he make it this long? <laughs> but yeah, it was, I liked that. I liked uh, Captain Valencia just because he gave like Kolsch acknowledgement where he didn't really give anybody all. He gave Catherine a bunch of shit. Oh, uh, but he would always she like had pat it coming. That's debatable. <laughs> but like, he'd always pat Kolsch and like give him credit for the fight, which like, Typical. The, the one where he he didn't do very good at. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, the the share the. So Jimmy Taylor. Jim Taylor, officer Jim Taylor, yeah. <laughs> junior <laughs> officer. <laughs> he was fun to give shit yeah. to. Yeah. I really liked uh, Taylor because he played his part well. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, just completely not not oblivious. He knew his responsibilities. Yeah, just, but. Yeah, it was just, it was great interaction. Mm -hmm. I liked Rutledge as one of my favorites, but my favorite accidental character would be Jeffrey. Yes. <laughs> oh, we gotta bring out Jeffrey. Jeffrey, yeah. I hated Jeffrey, but he was the best <laughs> oh. at the same time. Worry, did you have any plans for us to run into? <laughs> oh, yeah. He wouldn't have been the big bad, but he was. Jeffrey was X. My plan was to have some sort of, and maybe probably four or five sessions, maybe down the road, an incidental side quest of a ship that's going through all sorts of hell and everything's falling apart. It's falling into the super. <laughs> Nova, you bust into engineering to see if you can out, and it's Jeffrey. Hey guys! Oh my god, that would have been. Uh, that was gonna be the next meeting of him. <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> we would have let him. Do you guys have an engineer? Go into yet? the singularity. <laughs> I'm not doing so hard. Uh, I've got a question from Eric from Texas. He says, uh, how much of your own personalities are reflected in the characters you portray? Oh, I thought I the that. switch from Epo to Albus was a good example of the characters being who they are, as opposed to just being about you. And I commend him 
on both portrayals, but how much of your personalities are in the character? Hmm. Uh, a ton for, for Kolsch. A ton of Seth. It was your cat, Kolsch. Your furry version. I, did. I based I based Kolsch six fingers off of my six fingered uh, old man cat who's mm, just a cranky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know myself, so we'll just say all my characters are. Oh, we just got deep. Just, <laughs> just different versions. The actor studio. <laughs> You're before God. <laughs> and I don't know if this is incriminating or embarrassing. I think Avius was the closest character. Oh yeah, that is incriminating. That is incriminating. Fairly true statement um, there. I'd say Catherine's love of um, snacks was definitely <laughs> <brilliant. laughs> Space churros weren't really beyond. Like churros uh, a lot. And cake. Yeah. Uh, not so much cake, but I mean, like, but there's opportunities. There. You gotta, you there. gotta try those things. Um, so that was for sure, just like a, a Jillian coming out and really needing those things. Um, <laughs> and I like, I think there's definitely like aspects always that you sort of explore of yourself uh, when you do to. this. Mm. Um, but some of the fun is like getting away from yourself. And like getting to not live your everyday life every once in a while, Tom would put us in a position where my work life was really what I was then role playing, and I right. was like, "Oh my god, I want to <laughs> die." Um, so I've tried to not be the pilot every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here you are. I don't think you tried. No. I did. No, he did. And Elvis forty-seven P. Catherine was all about it. So. Uh, Albus was not. I did want not. I did not want Albus to be a pilot. Um, but Tom's like, but you guys don't have a pilot. <laughs> so and he got piloting and got skills in it. He was ready to go, and his first role was just crappy. And you guys just dumped all over him the rest of the uh, adventure. Hell yeah! It's like his <laughs> first impressions. I don't, I don't remember if I if I told you part of his background, like he was created yeah. uh, from the remains of a former prophet who was. The pilot of the Vesper, so that's oh, why. Wow, that's, that's that's you knew that's about the Vesper cool. that's for the rest damn of cool. Elvis, Elvis didn't have this guy's. Or do we already have? But he oh, had, what? but he had like essence of sure. this guy. So that's why when he got in the cockpit, he was flipping. He knew exactly what he was doing <laughs> because he had this guy's. That's like, badass. Former. I need to go back and listen to like, these episodes in his subconscious. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. I love that. Super and then I it up fucked it up. <laughs> Going back for a minute to favorite moments when when you introduced the Vesper to us was yeah magical. Uh, well, you, it was overdue. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just you put the, the you put it up on the screen like what it looked like, and we were like, oh my god. Like so we started again with those four Starfinder Lost episodes. Uh, you guys got this really crappy, well, junky, yeah. everything falling apart ship. Mm -hmm. When we restarted with episode one, that's aired on the on the on our uh, show here. Everyone's like, what kind of ship? You can listen. Okay, what's the <laughs> ship like? Oh, no. And I said it, it's glorious and everything, but it's not yours, and someone has to sign for it. So that's that whole stressful borrowed ship thing. And you guys did great. Augie didn't get screwed over by it. And then it's like, you guys have earned a good ship. Yeah, I thought that was great. All right, I have a question from someone in Texas <laughs> by the name of Eric. With a K, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Eric with a K. And he says, uh, he asks, uh, so Augie, you survived. What's next for Augie? Huh. 
Yeah. Well, I keep the sunglasses. <laughs> I, that visual was so unfair, though. It was like everyone's dying, and I pull off this Lamborghini. David, whatever his name is, David. Uh, yeah. So, um, what's next for August? Uh, well, I have the benefit of having connection with uh, Ipomene, who mm. I find is still there. There's still the desire to visit the cartel uh, and uh, enact some sort of revenge on them. So, August would probably lean his uh, dealings in the profits towards uh, working with the car- uh, working against the cartel oh. directly. But I have to say, there is such a love with the concept of the Legion. Yeah. That, that's just, uh, yeah, just so was, much there. I understood why they like attacked that one moment. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to dive into that, figure that yeah, out. But it's just, just totally great, great concept. Mm-hmm. But. For the Legion, there's there's the thing. There's different sects and different groups within. And this was a weird religious sect that mm-hmm. doesn't have full authorization of the main mm-hmm. group. We're at mm-hmm. this peace with the Nova Alliance. And they understand to go get that prize, that X prize, if you will. And they're going to be damned about any treaty. And they're committing. And they had to get a solar power in particular to get this stone, which is going to help move them in the right direction. Uh, all right. I, Tom, have some questions. Uh, Eric, you've had enough uh, airtime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eric's our, our sixth player now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for the players that were here in season one, you had this successful season, lots of adventures together. Now you're starting a brand new season, season two, with all new adventures and all new characters. What was the change you were looking to bring to the game to your new character for season two? Like this season, I wanted to do X differently. Mm. I wanted to do uh, some damage. Because, I mean, I had Puck, and then I had uh, Valiant. Uh, Valiant, yeah. Uh, who, she was she was all right, but I rolled terrible with her, and I just wanted to do some DPS. That's why I went with. All right. Cool. Uh, for me, the switch from Elmon to Devin is Elmon was always sort of <clears throat> the outlier in the moral compass of the group, although towards the end, he sort of... Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I love the moral compass when you said it with a straight face. No, the outlier. The outlier. Oh, the outlier. outlier. Yeah, I was the outlier of the moral compass. Although towards the end, I was sort of kind of being like, yeah, you took a why, turn. why are yeah, you yeah. guys jerks? Um, and then Devin definitely, you know, was more um, probably noble-ish than, than Elmon was. You know, he definitely... Um, especially finding out we were the prophets and things like that. I wanted to try to really kind of fit in to to that mold versus, you know, the guy who kills the kobold because he's you know, a kobold. <laughs> <laughs> Which I got shit for for like like eight episodes. <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoyed Avius in season one. It was a lot of fun for me. He seemed like a hard, uh, hard act to follow, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yes. Yeah. But I also didn't want to, like, I didn't want to just be Avius version 2 in season 2. Uh, I didn't want to, but I still wanted to be funny, uh, but just in different, so I just went with this totally deadpan. Deadpan Spock, I think is how you pitched him to mm, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, deadpan Spock kind of character. Um, so, yeah, completely, because uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh yeah, he's always the weird the weird, <laughs> stupid guy. 
So. And then Epo started out just kind of this distant dude, but then it became, I think you found him several episodes mm-hmm. in where it was okay, I get how he how yeah. he acts. Yeah. Um, my other question. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh no, we got more? <laughs> sure. Oh, well, uh, Holgrim was boisterous and uh, charging headlong into fights and whatnot. Um, getting eaten by Kraken. Getting eaten. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very flexible on where I go and how I go, so I kind of fit into these little holes that whatever the group needs but um on a, on a personal level i love and i think i transferred over pretty successfully just the spontaneity diving into trouble and whatnot oh, so yeah. it didn't matter what the what the character was i was going to play but then that that was my my driving force there that i brought over so i do want to give a raise a glass to you christopher uh for for being the only person uh who who has not had a character die yeah <laughs> that's wow between, yeah. between uh the two seasons yeah, yeah. Right. i mean a character retired but no death right yeah, yeah it's amazing well that's my next question in the past we've had characters die and we have had characters retire we've never had a character leave the campaign because they were fired <laughs> Tim, what was it like having that chat, that big chat with Captain Valencia where he said, I don't think you belong with the Prophet? I'm going to be super honest here. It was hard. I, I took a little bit of that personally. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, but I tried not to, but it was a little hard because uh, like, like we talked about earlier, I was finally finding Epo at that point and it I was like, are you kidding me? Um, so that was, that was a little rough. But, um, you know, I over the next week or two, like... Yeah, we chatted. What did you want to do? And I was expecting, you know, hey, I want to keep going with Epo. And then you suggested maybe he re- no, retire or leave or something. And uh, I think that ended up being a good decision for Epo. I think he would have ended up in just more and more yeah, trouble. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Epo would have been able to change... That was such an awkward ass moment. It was. Oh, it was big. It was. I don't know if you guys could see it, but my face was getting oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. red yeah. and warm. And, and all of us were like, should we just back up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this made it into the episode, but like, you know, I manage staff members and when I like have to have like um counseling sessions, I always like to have a witness there just so there's no like discrepancy in the stories or things. Um, and like, I finally figured out how awkward it would be for the person not having the conversation, <laughs> just like sitting there listening. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> just walking into the room with Valencia. He's got a box of your things. Sitting there. <laughs> you can see our viewership drops right after that episode. Oh, uh, all right, I have two questions for Jillian. I have been waiting 16 episodes to ask. I have been dying to ask Are these. you asking me to leave? <laughs> <laughs> Can you? To be fair, it's a good Do time. you see the door? <laughs> it's a good segue. Uh, when we started the Inglorious Bards, uh, the original group, we had all known each other, had been role-playing together for a long time. We record our first season of 37 episodes. Uh, We then start season two, open up to a new player. 
Jillian, what was it like dropping into the group? You have a bunch of guys who have this gaming group, this podcast set up, they know each other really well, and then you decide to dive into this craziness with us. What was that like? In a basement with a plastic skeleton, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were definitely some things that made me nervous right off the bat. Um, but yeah, no, I- Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was even trying to hold back. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, we had like an audition process and it was fun. And um, I think it was really about trying to draw people out and getting them to trust me as much as the other way around and getting a handle on like who was going to do what and who I could throw things at. Um, and so it was a little, you know, you're, you're nervous the first round. You don't want to, like, make something super lame happen. And then everyone's like, oh, who's this dead weight? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was... There's still time for that. <laughs> there's still, like, a, you know, there's... You, you get a good sense of who people are and what gets them excited and what can engage them. So it was just... It was fun from day one, which is why I wanted to be here. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Good. Question two for Jillian. No, boy. How dare you? No, uh, <laughs> Jillian, uh, so you done uh, and still do a bunch of uh, other role playing. So uh, you odd, you uh, do a little audition concept. You let us know what your interests are. You join us. You, you've you heard the show as you sampled it to see if this is something you want. You have expectations about what it might be. What were your expectations and how did they match or not match up at all when you showed up and started joining us? <laughs> something with the, the room, the people, the adventures was something much better or much worse. What were the differences in what you thought it would be and how it turned yeah, out? Well, much, much worse, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I think it's a different, you know, Tom, you as a GM, um, you have a very clear story to tell and we have a lot of options within that story, but there's a concept um, that you feel strongly about and I'm happy to join it. It gives us something to grab onto really quickly and that's really helpful when you're trying to keep a story going, um, but it's a little bit different where often in other groups I've played in, there's sort of like the DM will just sit back and like watch the struggle while you figure out what to do next and um like you'll do that a little bit and then sometimes you'll just throw us a bone which is nice um but it's also just a way more intense game like in my other games nobody like you might die if you've got a bunch of unlucky rolls and things just go wrong but it's probably not gonna happen um and this game, you're always sort of a little on edge. <laughs> I'm always a little Inches bit stressed from death. out. Yeah. <laughs> We're craving um, plot armor. <laughs> we we yeah. get none. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's a, it's been a bit of a different experience, but not, I mean, it's been fun in its own way. So, yeah. All right. Uh, several times we made fun of uh, poor Devin missing with his Esper abilities. Mm. What was the time he landed an ability that was really important or really cool or substantial for you? I don't think ever. No, <laughs> you were on the uh, the satellite. You like, uh, you were White kicking ass. Ball, yeah. The solar array. Yeah, the solar array. You were like. You were you were mm -hmm. keeping oh, yeah. us lifted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big like battle important. one, like that was like a multi-level. The multi oh, with the big like plasma liquid yeah, thing being lift, like, flipped around. Like, I think Devin like wiped out like like three guys there, um, and then you did, you did good at the final battle with, Rut with Rutledge too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the final, but uh, I mean, you took you I did took okay. out the, the couple. 
I, I did like the moment when I got kicked out the window. <laughs> <laughs> And then you, yeah, and then use my gravity disc to just sort of like float back. You, you Marty McFly back uh, up yeah. the, the roof. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed playing playing that moment out. Um, and then I guess um, when I when I was piloting the ship, I did pretty well. Um, when Albus was outside of the, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah, Albus. Was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside with the with the contagion thing. Yeah. And, um, and you were like, hit uh, by I guess ships. I'm piloting now. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm the only one on the bridge. And then like, you know, there's like ships attacking. I'm like, hey, we'll be back. There was a moment and it was in one of the last episodes um, where Tom shows us like, no offense, Tom, but the dumbest map ever. It's like three parallel hallways that don't connect mm, to each other yeah. very well. <laughs> He's like, what do you do? And we're like, okay, we're fighting. We're fighting. And Devin's like, I walk the other way. And we're like, what? <laughs> he just spends like three turns walking down one of those parallel and I was like, what is he doing? And then like one guy comes down the hall and he's like, I explode that guy's head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was yes. pretty cool. Yes, that was amazing. Uh, my next question, this is a short one. Did we all forget about poor Ollie up? Oh, Ollie up got eaten. He got left behind. Yeah, yeah. In the Rutledge office. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we like, what were we gonna do? We were but you no know one talked to him or radioed him or get he out. Was, he was a little bit of a pompous dick. Like, but like he was letting that that. I mean, he was in charge of the, or whatever. Kind of get the, to the his planet. Head. He could do whatever the f he wanted. <laughs> he just left him. We were we had bigger. We were bigger busy. Matters. All right. Yeah, maybe All if right. we would have survived, we would have <laughs> uh, thought that? about it. But <laughs> let's Devin. go back. We were too busy dying. Yeah. Devin needed to pray. <laughs> um, so we mentioned these uh, secret lost episodes uh, on uh, from the Starfinder. These were pre episode ones. Uh, we had some adventures in there. I was planning on bringing back several of those different characters into this copy of the of the of the game, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I was gonna bring back Little Boy and Jimmy Rhodes. Yeah, there you go. Because I yes. did bring back Dr. Leslie Holland. Yep. So if you're ever listening uh, and they go to the Alliance Science Corps and there's just this random character who comes into the middle for no reason and then leaves, and everyone's like, oh, oh. it was just a a Leslie, who doesn't know you guys, and I was gonna have her come back later too, and kind of maybe I thought because you guys had there's like this investment. You yeah. were you've had yeah. time with this person mm, in life and death before. I like little boy a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the maybe meat the meat too. guy again. Um, other random trivia also from the lost episodes. Uh, does anyone remember the name of the way station that you went to at the end of episode B of the lost episodes? Totally. No, oh. the random trip. This is hard. It was episode. Uh, it was the way station A one one three. Oh wait, yeah. isn't that the little chip Arnua? No. A one one three. Just a little Easter egg for any listeners that aren't familiar. That is the world famous Pixar Easter egg that they put into every single movie. Mm. That was the uh, their classroom that they went to when first learning animation, and it's mm. hidden in every single movie. There'll be an A one one three. I just put it in there for no reason. I like doing that stuff. No. <laughs> Surprise! Um, I have three other bits of random trivia, and that's cease and desist from Pixar now. And that's all I got. 
Uh, random trivia. The crew of the hijacked cargo ship Star Thrust Courier, Courier which was Captain Orgrava, his engineer, and his robot 59. Mm -hmm. uh, they were absolutely, totally being set up to be your best buddies for life. They were going to be reliable. You could contact them. They were going to be set up because you guys helped them. And then someone throws out this line of, hey, we're about to throw you into jail for slavery. And that whole relationship just came <laughs> to an end immediately. Somebody, somebody also wanted to steal <laughs> the uh, robot. Was, yeah. yeah wasn't <laughs> wanted to parts the robot. They were, though. So, <laughs> and we're prophets. You don't find that shit and be like, it's cool. You didn't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, other it just seems like an E in EPO thing to do, though. It, yeah, does. it does. But no. No. Uh, other random trivia. Uh, during the intros uh, of each episode, I give a little intro of what the episode's about, and I'll say, hey, everyone, welcome to Glorious Bards. I'm like your magnanimous game master, Tom. Uh, that adjective I use is the exact same adjective from season one and episode by episode I, I pa parallel. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. just because. <laughs> uh, and last, the last thing I have here for our wrap up is a bit of long trivia. It's 1985 <laughs> and there's a hit show out there, a cop procedural called Miami Vice. <laughs> and I'm going somewhere with this. Oh no. At episode five, so four episodes in, they get rid of one of their cap, their characters, this Captain Lou guy, who's this generic New York. Uh, busting balls cop type guy and they go ahead and they hire this big uh latino stage actor named edward james olmos yeah. uh you might know him as captain odama but back then he's this thin wiry dressed in all black dude they bring him in and so uh, edward james olmos comes in and this is a big show and you've got this big ego don johnson and philip michael thomas huge egos they know they're knocking out of the park and they're acting the crap out of the scene and they're just dominating it. And there's recordings of uh, Edward saying, I wasn't sure how to handle this situation. So what I did is I turned my backs on them and I didn't engage them in the scene. And so they couldn't come over the top of me because I'm not even looking at them. And I give them monotone responses and I would spend my time looking at a perfectly clean desk, looking at paperwork. And when the big moment happened, I would finally make eye contact. He was very distant and very withdrawn. And he is Captain Valencia. Mm -hmm. That's where Captain Valencia <laughs> came from. Oh. Everything about Captain Valencia I pretty much took from. So I'm so excited that uh, Captain Castillo from 1985 exists 30 years later out in space. <laughs> and what's interesting to me is the same things those actors said was it was so frustrating. It was this and their characters as well. It was frustrating to deal with, but yet the, this our Captain Castillo was still there for us when everything came down to it. Yeah. He wanted to get the job done. And I saw that with you guys as well, particularly Catherine. Like, oh, I hate this guy. He's such an asshole, Captain Valencia. But yet he was still there for you guys when things really needed to get done. So he may not agree with you, but the job would still get done in the end. I, I just thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> So that's all I have. Do you guys have any other questions for each other or anything at all? Uh-uh. No. Nope. All right. Well, that's what we have. So from all of us here at the Glory Spars, thank you so much for listening to season two. We had an absolute blast. Thanks for all your support. If you want to support the show more, you can go leave a review. It would be really helpful. 
put a little rating or review on iTunes or Podbean, wherever you're listening. That helps us get more exposure, and that'd be great. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll see you for season three. So thanks. Bye. <laughs>